Welcome to The Art of Social Media, a podcast by Social Pilot. We host in-depth discussions with world-leading social media marketing experts that will help you discover the techniques, strategies, and skills you need to use to grow your business using social media. Now, here's your host, Tejas Mehta. Talk to me about articles. What's going on with LinkedIn articles? Are they working? Are they generating engagement? Are they helpful? Yes, I do recommend keeping them. A lot of people don't because they don't see the reach. But then again, if you wrote a blog post and you put it on your website and you didn't promote it, you're not going to see reach either. So with a LinkedIn article, you have to put in the work to promote it and you get to promote it in your social content. The big advantage to using articles is they stay there. Your social media is constantly churning, constantly moving. Your content goes away anywhere from 24 to 48 hours now. On LinkedIn, we do have a longer shelf life on content now. I mean, I'm seeing people's content from seven days ago now. So the algorithms is kicking stuff up later. But that said, the majority of it's gone within 24 to 48 hours. So with an article, it goes there and stays. If somebody goes and looks at your profile, they can click on your articles and read them there. And also articles have the advantage of they're indexed outside. They're indexed by like Google, things like that. So people can find those articles outside of LinkedIn and be able to log in and go read them. So there's multiple reasons why you definitely want articles because you're including them in a portfolio to build that no like trust factor that people can show up and just read them. Because it's like having a big blog on a social platform and it, that's valuable. So I do recommend putting the time and effort into having them. Interesting. So longer shelf life, builds a portfolio. That's definitely helpful. Interesting take on articles. Good to know. One of the things that I've been hearing is, uh, or people have been doing for ages, is repurposing content. Are there any tips and tricks of repurposing content from blogs or Facebook or Instagram on LinkedIn? Does it work? If so, how do I make it work? You mean to bring content from other platforms? Mm-hmm. It depends. <laughs> Yes. Like uh, say you made your cute little, uh, we're seeing actually good engagement results with like TikTok videos that were made for TikTok and they're being shared onto LinkedIn. That's working well. So of course, reels, it's video. Once again, it's video. And the, the advantage of those is when people create it for TikTok, they create it for fun. And LinkedIn does like fun. We like to laugh. We like to be entertained. And so the videos can do that and still share purpose and get the brand across and everything. But at the same time, because people are creating for a different audience on TikTok, they created with that fun entertainment value with it. So it's working on LinkedIn as well. Now, will all content from other platforms work on LinkedIn? I don't think so. I do cross post some completely some content here and there, but I do find the pieces I created for like say Facebook, Facebook has a touch more touchy feely to it, I can get away with more over there than I can with my audience on LinkedIn. So when I bring it over to LinkedIn, I tend to clean it up just a little bit, remove some of that and get it, you know, hence more towards the professional way to look is about the only way I know to bring that a touch more. I can still have the fun, but it's not quite as, you know what I mean, as much fun as I would have had on Facebook with it. But overall, it just depends on what you're posting. It depends on your audience, depends on what you've built who you're working with, that kind of stuff as to whether you could cross post. Works for some clients well to bring completely copy and paste from one to the other and to have they have no problem. I obviously have some issues, so I make some adjustments with my audiences. Right. You touched on a topic called people are there for fun as well on LinkedIn. I see that LinkedIn now has an interaction called laugh, right? That's a recent edition. 
Is it the TikTok effect? No. <laughs> no, we've been begging for the laugh option on LinkedIn Free since I've been on the platform. <laughs> you laugh at work. You laugh in life. You need the option to laugh at things. I mean, that reaction was necessary. We're human. We like to have fun. It can't be serious all the time. I don't necessarily like the reaction the way it's been done on LinkedIn, but hey, we've got it now. We can't complain. We have the capability. And I think it was needed. And we're humans. We're not serious all the time. <laughs> true, true, very true. Are there any features or functionalities of LinkedIn that you would want your clients to use more, which are not very common, slightly hidden? I was thinking about this because I knew you were going to ask it. I just, not really. I think the big thing people miss on LinkedIn, and it's not really a LinkedIn feature, but well, it is because of the search engine. It's using SEO in your profile. Because if you don't use the right SEO in your headlines and your work history, then you can't get seen because LinkedIn can't find you when people search for you. So I think that's probably one of the biggest features people miss out on using is they don't realize LinkedIn and other social media platforms are search engines within themselves. And so if you don't optimize for them, it reduces your visibility and ability to even get seen and found. So definitely focus more on the SEO on your profile, I think is a big one that people miss. But the other features and stuff I think most people are using, DMs, the social profiles, that kind of stuff. Interesting. So one of the bigger debates is about rented audience versus owned audience, right? When you have 10,000 emails on your list, on your email list, that's your own audience. You can kind of reach, reach them out unless they block you, etc. But on LinkedIn, if you have 10,000 followers, if LinkedIn blocks you or limits you, your reach kind of gets impacted, right? Is there a way to convert these rented audience lists into owned audience? There's always the argument that social media is less valuable because you can be banned from the platform. And yeah, you can. I mean, you can also lose your email list. So it depends. Now, definitely an email list of 10,000 is freaking valuable. And you better be nurturing that audience if you built that, no doubt, and using it. But there's no reason to ignore the value of a LinkedIn audience that size either and expect to get the value out of it. The advantage to your email list is obviously it's a more concentrated audience. They've given you their email, which means they're very interested in hearing what you're going to say. And when you send it out, all 10,000 are actually going to get it in their inbox. So compared to LinkedIn, you put out a post or write an article, on average, we figure you're going to see for sure one to 2% of your audience is going to see it from the start, maybe 10% if you're lucky right from the start. And then depending on the engagement after that, that climbs, but you can't send it out to 100%. So definitely be building your email list. I recommend having both. You need social media because it allows you to build a, so your email list. It's harder to build one without social media. And that gives you the ability to get in front of people to give them the option to give your email but then you need nurture that email list. It's valuable. It's as valuable as it's going to get because, yeah, it's the one part of your business that tends to stay with you no matter what happens. So you need both, so, though. So, right. Wonderful. How do I build my email list from social media? Are there any tips, tricks, hacks over there? If I have 10,000 followers on LinkedIn, is there a way for me to build an email list actively from my followers or on LinkedIn? Yes. You can have your lead magnets and share them. Anything you can do, you can invite them to join. Say you put out a regular newsletter every week to your email list. You want to let your followers on LinkedIn know that because then they know they're going to get that weekly over there 
on your email list and be notified of it. That it's come, it's in their email, delivered directly. They don't have to go look for it anywhere else. But the big thing is be sharing the option to sign up for your email list a lot. You can also, if you want, you can include it in your profile. You've got two places now since they've allowed us to put a website at the top now. You could actually, I have mine linked to my lead magnet. I don't have it linked to my actual website because I want it to build my list. You could include it in your profile. Uh, multiple places you can drop that link in there. And of course, your company page, another place you could share it so that you're constantly working on building that email list using LinkedIn. Right. So try and kind of put the lead magnets, utilize the locations on the page and the profile to ensure that they are visible and kind of get people to sign up. That's that's wonderful. One of the things that you talk about on your website is the no BS client attraction recipes. Talk to me more about that. I'm, I'm curious to know. All I see on a lot of platforms is a lot of BS, right? How do we attract clients without BS? Well, it all comes back to being focused and deliberate and knowing what you want to do. <laughs> but seriously, I mean, with, okay, so with the no BS, it's about cutting out everything that doesn't work for you. A lot of people are trying to implement marketing tactics and strategies that they don't like. It doesn't work for them because they don't like it. And when you are doing that, it's never going to work. It always comes through that you're trying to implement something that doesn't work. I know we could put a content that's amazing, but if we didn't like how we put it out, somehow our energy is attached to it. And people kind of just know. I never understand it, but I always get it too when I could tell somebody's doing something they don't want to do. And so the big thing is, Creating a marketing strategy that includes the tactics that work for you in a way that works for you and start implementing it that way instead of trying to implement cookie cutter strategies and the tactics that don't work and just cut out all the fluff. I mean, there's so many people because they aren't focused. They don't know what it they kind of got an idea what their goals are, but they haven't actually put it down and figured out what do I want to achieve with my strategy? And then once you do that, you narrow it down, you niche down, you know who your client is. And when you do that, you get focused, you spend less time online, you know who you're talking to, you know what type of content you need to create to attract them and talk to them. And when you cut all that out, it saves you so much time online. And that's what it is about cutting out the BS is get rid of it. So you're not spending, everybody's complaining, we're spending too much time on social media. And it's literally because you're not being focused and deliberate with your actions. You'll build your business faster. You'll build your audience faster. Everything is when you actually write it down, make a plan and follow it. And that seems to be the hardest part. People get into action without the strategy. Is that where you come in and kind of coach them to kind of create your own strategy? Yeah, FOMO is huge. FOMO is huge. So that's the problem is it's fear. It's fear of missing out. Somebody see a new strategy somewhere else and they're like, oh, mine isn't working quite as well as I should. Instead of sticking to it consistently, they jump over and try another one immediately. And because they don't stick to things consistently, it keeps them bouncing around. It keeps the wheels churning and nothing really happens because of that. So instead, what I do is help them focus and it helps them pick out what works for them. They understand why it's working so that they can be focused and deliberate, not spend so much time online and get better results because of it. Sure. Makes a lot of sense. Who are the most successful people on social media? People who are really good at social media. Who do you follow? Ah, I've got a couple of influencers I like, but I mostly follow other peers 
it's just anybody who lights me up. Like if I read some posts that are going really, really well that people are putting out and I'm just excited when I read them and I want to see what else they've got to say, that's the people I connect with. It's not always big people or anything like that. It's just people who are saying good things. They're putting out stuff that makes me interested to know more about them. And that even comes down to my ideal clients. I do have problems on an ideal client if I don't like their content. It's hard sometimes that I I always hope I can work with them to improve that. But it's what works for people. And But for me, it's got to be content that really makes me excited. It makes me want to read it and show up and see it every day. And I want to see it in my feed. I work hard to make sure that's what is in my feed. <laughs> so I want to yeah. keep showing up because otherwise, oh, it makes it hard to show up on social media when you don't like your feed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Let's talk about some of the conferences or meetups that you recommend people who are interested in social media, specifically organically. Any meetups or conferences that you attend or recommend attending? On LinkedIn itself or just in general? Just in general. The Web Summit here in Lisbon, Portugal is a big one I recommend. That's probably one of the my favorite ones as far as conferences go. It's an amazing place, not only for the speakers they bring in, because they bring in some I mean, exciting people from companies around the world. You can see anybody and everybody, but also the networking capability. I mean, 80,000 people are in Lisbon for almost 10 days total over the whole course of the entire event. and. It's an amazing place to meet up and coming new people that you never thought you would get to meet literally from around the world. And they host all kinds of networking events and parties and things where there's no reason you can't go out and just get to meet people that you see online. A lot of cases every day, these faces that you never thought you'd meet and you get to meet them in person. And it's an incredible event. Do recommend it. It comes up usually, I think it's about November every year. And it's being hosted in Lisbon for the next few years. So really cool event. So any other events apart from Web Summit? That's the only one I've been to the last few years. Pandemic oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> times, man. Sure. I've been to a few online events, but they're not as much that I, I don't have as much recommendations for them and stuff. But yeah, the pandemic kind of shut down a lot of stuff. <laughs> and we're just getting back to it. <laughs> change the way things work. So that was a big change. Any particular tools that you use for organic marketing? Any hidden tools that we should know about? My main tool is ClickUp. It's a project management tool that I use to track everything I do. It houses my content library. It houses my marketing strategy. So I know what I'm posting, when I'm posting, where I'm posting it. My team can work on it. It notifies me of everything. I have my notes in it. I track clients there. It's kind of those one size fits all tools that's working across my stuff immediately. So, I mean, other than that, I'm using, of course, Canva a lot to create my graphics. I was trying to think of what else. <laughs> my Google Drive all the time. <laughs> I don't yeah, think that yeah. thing's ever not in use. But those are some of the main tools that I'm using, no matter what, besides the apps for social media on my phone in general. So... Those are my main three apps probably at this point. Another curveball. What do you think is the future of social media? Future of social media in general or the future of LinkedIn? Mm -hmm. Future of social media in general and then we can dive into LinkedIn. It's part of our lives. I think we're just going to see it integrate more and more. I know a lot of people are like, I hate it, but it's part of us now. It's how we connect. So 
we're, it's just going to continue to evolve and be more part of our life. I think especially as 3D comes on, more virtual worlds, we're going to start diving into it even deeper. I expect to just, and it, I mean, literally there's pretty much all the companies are on it now and people are on it. So it's opened our world. I mean, if you think about this 15, 20 years ago, you didn't have the connections you have today. I mean, I literally am connected to people around the world. I didn't have that before. So I think we're just going to continue to see more of that. And it also allows us to visit places we might not physically. And maybe it allows us to go there next or decide where we're going to go. But I just see it continuing to integrate more in our lives. I think we're going to start buying more through it. I don't know exactly where all it's going to go, but I do know it's part of our life and it's here to stay. Sure. And what do you see is the future of LinkedIn? How is it evolving? Three years, what is the bigger trend that you foresee? I think we're going to continue to see the building of personal brands on there. But the thing is, LinkedIn was always originally built with the idea it was an employer-employee relationship for people to find jobs for that connection. But I think we're going to see it evolve away from as much of that. That's still going to exist. But you're going to see more businesses come on to LinkedIn more and more to actually connect in that professional manner. Also, more B2B business connections are going to happen through LinkedIn. It's still right now, it's the dominant professional platform. And I think we're still going to see that in three to five years from now. Right now, I don't see any contenders taking its place. So at this point in time, it's the platform if you're a professional business employee or employer. So... It's just going to continue to move. Now, I do think we'll see more DEI coming through LinkedIn, which I think is good because it's helping shape companies quicker, faster, because it can get feedback from people quicker on the platforms about that kind of stuff. So there's some exciting trends coming, and I think LinkedIn will help shape those. Yep, yep, absolutely. Wonderful. It was wonderful having you on the podcast, Heidi. Tons of questions, and thank you for sharing your secrets. Where can people find you online? They can find me on LinkedIn. (laughs) Heidi Heidi Medina. Heidi Medina, sure. Yeah, or talk to Heidi.com. You can also find me on Facebook, still Heidi Medina. Pretty much look up Talk to Heidi anywhere and you'll find me. (laughs) Wonderful. Awesome. Thanks again for your time. Really appreciate it. Wonderful having you. And we'll call you again for more secrets in LinkedIn in some time. So yeah, looking forward to it. All right. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. The Art of Social Media is brought to you by Social Pilot. To find out more about Social Pilot and how we can give you everything you need to hit your social media marketing goals, visit socialpilot.co. And then make sure to search for The Art of Social Media in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, or anywhere else podcasts are found. Make sure to click follow so you don't miss any future episodes. On behalf of the team here at Social Pilot, Thanks for listening.